five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, now let's get going. We got a lot to cover today. Okay, I um, want to get over to this to start with. You've probably seen some of these commercials with Mr. Mayhem, and he's on his exercise, exercise bike today. Bike and I've gone from zero to obsessed in like three days. Three days, he's going to just Woo! tear it up. And uh, after riding 12 miles bike. nowhere, I'm taking a detour. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, you could be working out a way to pay for this yourself. Get all state and be better protected. There you go. Okay, had to get some coffee. I can't do this show without coffee. You know that. I probably you can't stand to watch it without coffee. I hope not. Anyway, so that's mayhem for you. And uh, I'm getting myself in the middle here. That's mayhem for you. But what you probably didn't know. I certainly didn't know, and this is the kind of news you get here that you won't get anywhere else, or you, you'll have to dig for. Uh, actor Dean Winters almost didn't take the role in in 2010. Now he's one of the most famous, he's probably the most famous insurance ad guy ever, <laughs> right? Uh, because uh, he tur nearly turned down the role because it was a physical condition. Winters suffers from neuropathy, and how he explains it is, you can, uh, your hands go numb, your feet go numb, but if you step on a pedal, a pebble, it goes right through your, your body. So um, he, he has constant pain. There's no real cure for it, um, but it's a really inspiring article, and I'll post it on the WDMA.org website. You need to subscribe uh, to, be, to be a member and to get that. And uh, but it's free. And so just go over there and subscribe. And I really highly recommend this article. It's a three minute read. OK, the style consultant called me yesterday and said, you need to tell people about the YouTube option. And uh, the, I, I had a YouTube channel before um, before we resurrected the WDMA. So uh, I just started adding them in to Miglosh Marketing. Now there's over nine hundred. <laughs> Over 900 videos. It's funny when I get, I get, you know, I get propositioned on LinkedIn about, you know, would you like to do you, would you like to do video for your company? And I look at how many they've got, you know, it's 20 or something. <laughs> they might have thousands of viewers, which I not usually do, but uh, welcome to everybody. But the way you do that, I'll put a link in the, I'll put a link down in the show notes at LinkedIn. If you're on YouTube, you don't need one. And what happens is that there's a subscribe button. If you go over there and look for Miglosh Marketing, you can click the subscribe button. And right next to the subscribe button, there's a little bell. And if you click that bell, then you'll be on live. And I do watch for the comments. So if you want to tell me I'm crazy, that's fine. That would be the way to do it. Okay, right? Okay, good. Okay, so yesterday I talked about Yesterday, I talked about a little piece that Seth Godin did, and apparently uh, that that interview is 100% uh, available. Somebody just clicked it. Yes, a notification bell. They have to hit the bell if you want to get notified. Now, some people don't want to get notified. LinkedIn kind of stopped doing the notifications, and I don't even get notified that I'm on. So that's why I have to check every day to see. I can't just wait till LinkedIn notifies me. 
Um, and there's no consistent link with LinkedIn, but there is with YouTube. So it's a lot easier to find fast. So if you want to contribute like the style consultant just did, uh, what you want to do is you want to subscribe over on YouTube. Uh, you can still, you know, be friends on connected on LinkedIn if you want. I don't mind. But that's the way you got to go. So anyway, so Seth Godin, there was an interview with Seth Godin yesterday. And he said that uh, a company sold for $12 billion And the way they did it was by, because uh, by, by buying up all the podcast ads they could get their hands on. And he said, nobody, when they're listening to a podcast, wants to type in their name and address and all the rest of it. And that may be true. I don't know. But. Um, Spotify now, I mean, after all, Spotify would, you'd be a subscriber. So if you have the Spotify app, you now can click just today's news. You can now click on your phone, bing, and you will go right to an ad which you can get information from uh, and do lead generation. So for advertisers, you know, it's a great idea. And maybe it was because of that interview with Seth Godin, but I doubt it. I think probably it was because they realized that nobody wants to listen. To, most of us listen to podcasts on our phones and that there isn't an easy way to respond typically. And so I think it's a, it's a great idea. Call to action cards. And so there. <laughs> so there, Seth. Once again, you and I cross paths or something. And uh, obviously you'll get millions of views and. And I'll just make some noise. Anyway, I wanted to get to this article. This is what I tried to get to yesterday from Jeff Terran at Gunderson Direct. Uh, Gunderson's doing great work moving people from e-commerce to direct mail and seeing lots of results. And um, But, of course, in order to do that, you need to prove the results matter. And you can do it in the short term with mail. You can do holdout tests and look at downstream uh, downstream results, um, that's probably the best way. Mail, unlike almost every other medium, has a has enough engagement that you actually see a result a result when you when you drop you know a million pieces in the mail. You'll see a bump, right? Now, there was a time I'm not sure still, but there was a time uh, in the um, you know in the last like eight years ago when we were dropping half a million catalogs a, uh, a month and not seeing much of a uh, bump. But the holdout test still did prove that the mail was about 300% ROI. Very well, well worth doing. Okay, so let's go to Jeff's article. Eight, eight killer mistakes that can threaten the success of any direct mail program. Um, Thinking about testing a direct mail program for your company, but not sure what to test first or how to test at all? Uh, maybe you stuck your toe in the water, ran a program that you thought would work, but it didn't. You thought would work, but it didn't. Now, because of the high engagement of mail, even what, what you might think of as a failed result does still give you answers. There still will be segments of your mailing that did exceptionally well, and, and most segments did exceptionally poorly 
the thing about mail is because we know it was delivered, because we know where it was delivered, because we have geodemographics and you know we have hundreds of variables, we can take the results of your mailing and put it through a grinder, machine learning, and uh, you know the machine doesn't learn anything, but it gives us an idea of which segments did what, and we can start to observe and form hypotheses about what might have worked and why. That's the real power of mail, incidentally. <laughs> incidentally, it's the power is that you can, you can dissect it much more effectively than a Facebook ad, where you tell Facebook what you think will work. Over time, they will tell you what they think is working and trust them that they, that they showed it to the right people. But mail isn't like that. Mail, we really have some solid knowledge. So anyway, um, but, you know, there's a lot of things that can muck it up. Execution that didn't account for the uniqueness of the channel. You know, I've seen that over and over and over when a av big advertiser just tries to take a TV commercial like an all like that Allstate or something. And and somehow put that on a postcard or something and try to ex try to get a response. Well, people say, oh, I, I know about that guy. Okay. Um, so anyway, we're gonna dis we're gonna we're gonna debunk some myths. Uh, you may not know why what worked worked, but oftentimes with machine learning, the biggest thing we learn is what didn't work, right? And in fact, that's about all you really get out of most machine learning. You don't get where the fire hydrants are, but you get a lot of things that you can rule out that aren't fire hydrants. You think about the CAPTCHA stuff. Uh, a bot came to visit my, my video again. Direct mail is more of a marathon than a sprint. First attempts need to be more about learning than profits. When we used to start people, and, and, and Mike Gunderson and I have talked about this, but when I used to start people way back in the, in the heyday of direct mail, we would tell people you have to mail at least 250,000 pieces. And typically they would have at least in order to start, they would have at least 100,000 uh, customers, active customers, uh, who'd bought in the last two years or something like that. But, um, you know, a good sample size for statistical significance, if you're going to project the results, is about 5,000 pieces. So that gives you just 20 segments in the customer file, if it's 100,000 pieces. And if you rent, uh, rent 5,000 pieces of rented list that you think might work that's only 15 uh, I'm sorry that's not right uh, that's another another 20 lists for the hundred thousand and another um, a 10 for the 150,000 so 30 30 rented lists and 20 house file segments so you're getting you know you're getting uh, 50 segments altogether out of 250,000 that makes sense and that isn't a lot of segments. You know, everybody wants to market to the individual household. Well, it's not statistically significant. And if you try to get down there too fast, you'll get to noise. Okay. So the first thing you got to realize is that if you want machine learning to work, if you want mail to work, you got to mail some. You know, you may be able to get it to work. There's business to business cases where, you know, mailing something really special to your customers works with only a few dozen or a few hundred or even individual mail pieces of mail works in the sense of somebody will react to it but oftentimes they won't you know I've mailed out 
at least dozens of handwritten notes to people. And most of the time, I, I, I think, you know, maybe I should have kept it up more, but I never got, I never got a call, never got anything. So, you know, if you mail too few, you'll never know. Okay, so uh, it's more about learning in the beginning. And that's why I highly recommend that you just take a, a little share of your digital budget and start with mail. But it's got to be enough of a little share to get some decent quantity in the mail. And ask somebody with a statistical background, and they'll maybe tell you how many you need to mail. But it's, you know, a good rule of thumb is, is a couple hundred thousand is a good start. Test what you believe to be the most important response levers first. Now, this is tricky because if you just look at a mailing piece yourself or a prototype that you've mocked up, you'll see some obvious things that you think might you might want to test. But oftentimes, those are things that have already been completely verified by the direct mail industry. Like, do you need a call to action? Let's try one with a, with a call to action and one without one and see which one does better. Well, yeah, that'd be a big test. And you'd probably get a huge differential from that test. But, you know, you can save yourself a lot of aggravation again by getting somebody who's actually done it before. And they will tell you, no, you want... Call to action A and call to action B. You don't want nothing, right? I had that happen with Oakley when they sent, showed me the prototype. I said, there's no call to action. They said, oh, yeah, it's right here in the paragraph there. Right. Let me say that again. There's no call to action. <laughs> anyway, test what you be. So, so it's not necessarily that you want to test the most important response levers, like call to action. It's you fix the obvious stuff and you Try to avoid the trivial stuff, and somewhere in the middle is is the best things to test. And it really depends on your corporate history. And so it's not just a, it, you know, I did a talk at the DMA one year, and they said, and the title of the talk was What to Test When the Well Runs Dry. And what I said to them was, you all want a list of what to test next. Well, first is segments, lists, okay? Test a bunch of markets, test a bunch of lists, test a wider variety when you begin than you think you need because sometimes it'll surprise you. One of our biggest ways of increasing company, growing companies and increasing valuations was finding markets that they hadn't considered. And it was because our, our modeling system takes a wider view of the, of, of the total variables than they had, okay? So... Uh, so it's not just a list of things to test, but list is probably the best in the first offer, probably the second. Okay. Tracking the wrong success metrics. Direct mail is a top of funnel channel. This is where Jeff and I kind of parted parted because, you know, there's a lot of direct mail that's done where we just, we, the goal isn't to generate leads. It's actually, you know, I did a break even analysis webinar a couple of weeks ago and I have one for a two-step, which is a generate the lead and then get a sale. And you, it's really, really hard to, to convey how difficult it is to get a two-step to make, make money. And it's especially difficult because sometimes the more leads you generate, the more work you got in follow-up, and the, the less your chances of, of actually making it work, especially if it's a high lead generation and a low conversion, which is really common. And I think it's really common in digital also. And so uh, sometimes if you can figure out a way to push the push, at least take some orders, or at least instead of just generating a normal lead, 
ask the customer to pay for something. You know, a $20,000 consulting uh, audit for $5,000. We'll give you a deal today. Sell something directly. And, and it will at least it will at least cover some of the costs of the lead generation. That's my advice. So something to think about. Again, it's always something to think about. Poor or biased attribution. This is a big one if you're already doing a lot of digital. Because with mail, you'll send people to your website, you know, and and they'll get the cookie. First party cookie, still around. Uh, will get dropped on them on the website. Then they come back later and buy. The causal force came from the mailing, let's say. Let's say they'd never heard of you before and you try to get a, get an ad, you know, you try to get a sale and they go to your website and they pick up the cookie. Now they may also get a cookie from uh, a, a specific landing page. So they may have both. But if you use last touch, your website will always win and the digital people will come running in and say, "See, the mail didn't generate any orders." That's a clue. That's a clue that something's fishy about the attribution. And that's why I always recommend a whole log test if you can do it. Um, you know, see how the people who didn't get mailed did, and then see how the people who did get mailed. But that tracking is an interesting, is an interesting concept. And I'm working with several uh, data companies on better tracking the results of mail through digital so that we don't lose the credit just because they visit your website. And if you have, if you are interested in more information on that, um, this is especially tailored to larger mailers um, where we can add just a few simple, a, a few, like for a few pennies, you can get back quarters. That's the kind of thing you want to hear about. So if you want to hear more about that, get in touch. That's, a, that's something I'm working on, but I'm not going to cover it today. Okay, rushing the process. Yeah, direct mail takes time. Even my most dyed-in-the-wool direct mailers say, oh, it takes so long. Anyway, um, focusing on the wrong things in the early test. Like I said, usually you want to test markets. You want to test lists, um, which is what they say. Uh, it's really a greater value is testing formats and creative explorations that gets the mailing opened and read it's easy to do an, you know a cover or a, like a cover test or a or an envelope test something flashy on the envelope format tests are usually pretty expensive you got to redo your creative for both formats so i usually try to try to stick with traditional formats you know it might be a postcard but then we'll do postcard to postcard or it might be a uh, you know, uh, what looks like a personal uh, personal envelope or a business envelope, but then do the same package with each. And um, that's where I end up. Uh, missing out on DM response dynamics. Direct mail is the only channel with a physical aspect, right? And um, once we dial in at what works, conversion rates are typically higher. Well, they better be higher because direct mail costs like 20 times more than an email. Right, so you need to you need to be way higher response, um, and one of the aspects of physical is it doesn't throw itself away. So not only do you know that it gets mailed, you know that it gets delivered, you know that it gets to a decision maker because that's who gets to look at the mail in my household, but you also know that it gets touched and engaged with 
even if they didn't buy. This gives you a piece of information that no other media gives you, which is the which is the null set in machine learning, the who engaged and didn't buy. Very, very important piece to make machine learning work. Uh, a one and done planning process typically leads to failure. The thing about direct mail, the, the besides the fact that you can get 300% return on investment, EBITDA, downline profit, not return on ad spend, but return on, but but ROI, real profit, 300%. You know, we, we, we often see a tenfold uh, return on ad spend or higher. You, you, you have to. If you don't, it's not worth the trouble. But the key value is that once you find the, what's working, then you can, you can take that, that insight from which offers are more powerful. You know, I've shared the Lovesack case. I haven't lately, so maybe we should do a webinar on that. But how Mayo leveraged a company. And what they did was we tested, I mean, we did a lot of things. But we, we ended up testing some of the, they had like four offers or four benefits of their product. And we tested all four in just simple postcards to their customers. And what we found was that one of them drove more traffic than the other three combined. And that information helped them change their TV commercials, change their uh, digital media, and really exploded the growth, uh, poured gas on it, as I like to say. Okay, so the goal is to roll out an effective uh, and efficient mail program that continues to iterate over time. And then there's this really great, if you get the article, if you go over to WDMA and subscribe, you'll get this nifty diagram, um, which I actually got from Gunderson because the because the article didn't have a, such a hot shot one. But anyway, great article by Jeff. And um, Jeff, we should be working together closer. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. And get over to YouTube. I'll leave the link down in the bottom on LinkedIn. Have a great day.